In a world filled with information, where do you turn to get straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money? Lock it in to the longest-running financial talk show in Arkansas and let us help you build the bridge between information and application. Real financial change begins right here, and it starts with you. It's showtime! Good morning and attention to Generation X. This show today is for you. How do you get serious about your retirement or financial independence? Well, today on the Get Ready for the Future show, seven money moves to improve your future. This is the Get Ready for the Future show. Hi, everybody. Welcome in to the Get Ready for the Future show in mid-December. My name is Scott Inman. Along with me today, Janet Walker and Teresa Arago. Good morning. Good morning to you. We are talking to, and I, and I know it's Christmas time, and I know that our... Uh, Homes uh, sounds in our homes are full of Christmas carols, but for whatever reason, I'm thinking of George Strait this morning. <laughs> it makes sense. <laughs> yes. I get it. All my exes, right? Remember that song? Yep. All my exes. Mm-hmm. We're talking to all my generation exers today, so it's no coincidence that we have kicked John off the show today. <laughs> That's right. He See, is. I wasn't going to say anything. He's <laughs> not. He's not in the Gen X club. No, he's not. He, That's you know, right. he didn't miss it by much. I know. So, yeah. I yeah. had to Google it because I always forget what, uh-huh. what is the range. And generally speaking, it is you were born between 1965 and 1980. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Teresa barely makes it in, too, yes. on the other side. Yes, yes. 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 I'm, a, I'm a baby Gen Xer. Don, I, mean, I mean, Scott and I are smack dab in the middle, pretty much. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So we are legit Gen Xers. Yeah. So <laughs> we did talk about how that's a big range of time. So there's a it little is. bit of a subset within the Gen X crew. Yeah, that's true. That's true. There, there are some unique traits, I think, to being Generation X across the board. Uh, but one of them we're going to make a little light of today. I don't know if you've seen this. This circulates on, I saw it on one of my Facebook friends page and Casey has pulled it up. So if you're watching us on the live stream today, take a look at this. Is this <laughs> classic? I mean, is it accurate? We'll, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. Sam, we, and you know, we have love for the baby boomer generation and the millennial generation. Mm-hmm. So please don't get mad at us for doing this, but well, and some of them might even be upset about the Gen X and we're in that category, <laughs> but I, I'll just say there's, there's truth in anything like this, but if it offends you look past it because please. that's, that's not the point. It's just, there's, there's some truth in some of the things there. Yeah. yeah. If, if you didn't see that because you're listening on the radio, basically the idea here is a couple of uh, pictures of those generations and the boomers and the millennials are yelling about stuff Yeah, mm-hmm. and the Gen Xers are just kind of, chill they're just sitting back with their martini glass shaking it around going what are you guys upset about and, getting and a little bit of their you know resting face as well at the same yes, time <laughs> yes there's a there's a degree of i don't know what y'all are all fussing about but there's also a degree of y'all don't stop fussing i'm gonna fix this in a minute <laughs> <laughs> they're waiting on the sidelines That's to pass. Right. <laughs> so you know when you are a generation xer i think that you grew up in a transition time mm-hmm. in america right uh, the, the baby boomer generation grew up in one time and one era and now the millennials grew up with computers and social media and all those things coming into play as well and we were we were the group that started our childhood with three channels you know yeah and yes you had, and, you and to, we were the remote control yes, yes we were and you had to get up to change the channel that's what i was going to say and then you had the explosion of cable television and then satellite television and all those things so change was kind of part of our vernacular yeah and when it comes to our topic of discussion today, giving you money moves to get serious about retirement and financial independence, I can't help but think about the fact that we are the generation that really was born and brought up in the advent of 401ks oh, yeah. and IRAs. Those, Roth IRAs. Those were, yeah. yeah, the Roth was the 90s even. Yeah, right? so, yeah. And IRA and 401k go back to the 70s. So mm-hmm. we were born into that, which means to me, that my parents' generation at least had part of their work lives with that being non-existent. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, and that's that's why I think, at least for my parents, um, you know, they didn't, and part of this was due to the types of jobs they had. My dad was a farmer and my mom was a teacher, and, and not all schools had a 403B available, you know, even mm-hmm. at the time that they were starting to do that. And so, I, you know, that's one of the reasons for them that they didn't have – traditional retirement dollars now they saved for retirement on their own but they didn't have traditional retirement dollars because of the generation where they grew up Mm -hmm. and i think there's been a bit of a flipping of the retirement process between the boomer generation and generation x you know the boomer generation for the most part had access to pensions Mm -hmm. that doesn't exist for the vast majority of people who retire now and in the future and so the importance of personal savings has drastically changed, too. And, and I think that's 
part of the gap we're seeing too is since our parents didn't have to necessarily, then many people in, in our generation don't, aren't really well versed in it. And yeah. So they're yeah. not really making that a priority because they just don't realize how important it is. Yeah. And I think that goes along with, and we've talked about this before too, but that generation that did have that pension that created loyalty to one mm-hmm. employer for That's your right. entire work life. And now our generation knows about job skipping a lot, yes. mobility, changing jobs every few years and having to get started with a new employer. So we're, we're used to change. We have to be flexible. And also where we are today, if you look at being born between 1965 and 1980, then we're in a between situation with our kids, with Mm -hmm. our aging parents, and all the costs that come along with that. Retirement and financial independence can seem really hard to bring into focus, I think, for people in our generation. Yeah, it, you know, the, the label for that is the, the sandwich generation. Yeah. And, of course, that will be applied to future generations when they get mm-hmm. in that age range as well. But we are in that sandwich generation right now, meaning that we are caring for children and we are caring for aging parents at the same time. And, Scott, to your point, it, it can be a very significant drain on your finances to do that and and your time which mm-hmm. is also related to money i mean there there are many people in our generation who have left work because they are caring for a parent and that impacts their future retirement assets as well and i think for those of us that are on kind of that younger end of generation x we're entering our higher earning years yes granted i have high school students now so there's also more expense as a parent sure. so Figuring out how to balance my budget is a lot more challenging now than it was several years ago when I, yes, I had day, there's that beautiful sweet spot between when you were paying for daycare and when they hit their teenage years. <laughs> and then yeah. and then it's like having them back in daycare, the cost at least feels that way. So there's a, a big kind of pull on your time, even in that part of your life. So if we go back to that picture that we showed just a few moments ago with the martini glass and yeah. sitting back on the sidelines watching the boomers and millennials go after it, that may be the best path to take in that situation but if that's what you're doing for your retirement mm-hmm. right i'm just kind of letting time pass and not sitting doing on the sideline sitting on the sidelines you're going to end up in the vanguard study because according yeah. to vanguard the average 401k balance for someone aged is 45 to 54 is just one hundred and fifteen thousand dollars. so you think about mm-hmm. how far into your work life you are at mm-hmm. that age and you've only accumulated one hundred and fifteen thousand dollars on average in your 401k and that same study found that the median 401k balance for that same group is just a little over $40,000. So mm-hmm. a lot of people are way less uh, yeah. than that $40,000. So the average, the bottom line here is the average worker is in trouble when it comes to saving for retirement. And as we've already kind of brought up in this segment, it is going to be on you. It's going to be on your shoulders. Yeah. You, you think about the time between when you finished college, if you went to college and hitting your 40s. You've had 20 years plus, and if you haven't made a ton of progress then, think about how fast the next 20 years will be between now and retirement if you plan to retire in your 60s. That, you know, getting from college to now feels like it was like, so it's going to feel even faster, I feel like, between now and when I'm ready to retire, which for me may never happen with 32 children. But it's still, you know, time (laughs) only speeds up as you age. So are you making strides or are you just sitting back hoping it all works out? So, guys, let's talk about how do we deal with this? Like, what are the steps that we need to to address here? And and the number one deal is to embrace your age. Mm-hmm. And, and and when you talk about, you know, being behind the curve in terms of retirement assets, well, there is this fabulous gift that is given to you in the year that you turn 50. Not You don't have to wait until you turn 50. But mm-hmm. in the year that you turn 50, you get the gift of being able to make additional contributions, whether it's to your IRA or your corporate retirement plan, you're able to contribute more than a 49-year-old could. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, you've you've been at this point where you've been taken care of, you know, through the sandwich generation, you've been taking care of both generations, you've had tons of things thrown at you, but you're also in your peak earning years. And so as you get those raises, don't add the raises to your lifestyle mm-hmm. now, add yeah. them to your future lifestyle by putting them back for your retirement. And if you make that change before the raise hits so that that first check with the yep. raise has it in there, every time you get a raise, you just go ahead and increase that IRA or the, excuse me, that employer plan contribution. You won't feel it. Yeah. And that's a really quick trip 
trick that you can do to help yourself over time. And I think this is a great point to bring out, not just in the catch up part of that, but you mentioned the lifestyle uh, choices there when you're, when you're moving, you know, into your forties, late forties, early fifties, statistically speaking, you're moving into your highest earnings years and you should be able to start creating margin. The kids are going to move out of the house, right? And maybe right now you're working through helping them uh, with college. And we're going to talk about that as a money move as well. But in this instance, if you are creating more margin, delayed gratification is something yeah. mm-hmm. to really embrace here because any new debt is going to be detrimental to you getting ahead in your retirement goals or your financial independence goals and dreams. And I think, you know, it's very typical to say, hey, I want a bigger home. I've lived in this one for 15 years. I'm ready to get a bigger house. Yeah. Or, uh, a newer car, a better model car, or and the one I thought about, and this, and, and when I say these, we can We've all relate to them. To them yeah. Okay, yeah. And, and here's what I'm going to go ahead, and it's going to be a little bit of confession time. But what about like timeshares? Mm-hmm. Right. So before I was a financial advisor, I, <laughs> I got into the uh, Marriott Vacation Club, which is sort of a timeshare, and really I've enjoyed it. There's no question about it. But I thought about this when we were talking about delayed gratification because they offer these opportunities for you to go back. Uh, Take a real cheap vacation if you'll sit into that 90-minute presentation. Mm-hmm, that uh, takes half a day for yes, real. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Thing, yeah, I did that once, and I, I will never do that again. I, I run the timer on it, Teresa. And when it hits uh, 90 minutes, I start getting out of my chair. Okay, but, that's the trick. But they always want to sell you more, right? And mm-hmm. we're, we're in a little bit, and, and it's paid for, and we're done, and we use that vacation. But the additional points that they're always wanting me to sell, my bottom line that they can't refute is – I don't have $20,000 that I want to just cut you a check for, and I'm not going to go into debt. Yeah. Bottom line. Yeah. And, and if can, you have yeah. that mentality, yeah. it, it can really help you with your retirement. And it's training you for retirement. If you choose yes. to do that prior to retirement, living mm-hmm. below your means or at your means, you're going to have a better success rate in retirement because the reality is you can't just go work overtime or pick up a side hustle as easily in retirement right. as you can when you're still working. So but, learning to wait and save and get things that you want is great practice let's talk about this lifestyle deal because there's a there's a big transition from you know right out of college or right out of high school to where you are at this point in life if Mm -hmm. you're a gen xer we've come a long ways in life and i I think back i was looking for some photos from college the other day because we were doing a surprise 50th birthday party for a friend and so you go through all these old things and everything and i found a picture of it wasn't to take a picture of the couch but it was in the background and everything there was a couch i had in college the couch was given to me because it was not worth keeping for the family that was getting a new one it, so i got the couch for free and my mom made a slip cover and it is in the you know the the colors from 1990 mm-hmm, whatever um, no it no. was it was a can you see me with a mauve floral couch oh girl okay but you know what? Mom My living room rocked that free couch <laughs> you know, yep, yep. in college. But here's the deal. After I got my first job, I, my paycheck went, no, the mauve floral couch is out the door and we're going to get something new. And I get that it, the point is in the early stages of life, there's a whole lot that you've just got to kind of make right. You know, mm-hmm. and it's not that you need a, a fancy couch, but you need something that's not the mauve floral couch mm-hmm. that was completely free. I get that. But at some point, you have to check yourself on the reason that you're doing new furniture, new car, new mm-hmm. whatever your thing is. Because if it's to keep up with the Joneses, the point is the Joneses are broke. Mm, They're in debt up to their eyeballs. And from the outside, life all looks great. But you're not hearing the conversation about when the credit card bills come in. And, and, you know, what are we going to do this time to pay this off or to pay it down? And we're paying way too much in interest. Just realize the reality of where they really are and and determine what you want your reality to be. Because at this point, y'all, the last vehicle I bought, I bought it with a couple of thousand miles on it and got it for half price because somebody Mm -hmm. was fool enough to turn it back in with only 2,000 miles on it. Same situation for me. It was less than 10,000 miles and I saved about 15,000 on the vehicle. Yeah, it's incredible. Well, the Joneses are the ones with $40,000 in the 401. That's, yeah. that's that, true. Because that, there's no study. margin. There's that, no margin to save. That's yeah. absolutely right. Yeah. So we're just getting started talking to Generation X today with seven money moves to improve your financial future to help bring retirement and financial independence into better focus. So number one was embrace your age. And we'll get to number two right after this. 
Now, you can find out if you're on track for a successful retirement. That's what we're talking about today, specifically for Generation Xers. You can find out for free by visiting our website, 15minuteretirement.com. That's the number one, the number five, and then spell out minuteretirement.com or an even easier way. And we've talked about this for weeks on the show Text the word CHECKUP to 501-381-5228. It's 501-381-5228. And I would encourage you to put that number into your contacts because there's all sorts of uh, great free resources from GenWealth that we will offer you uh, throughout the year. And that's one of them. Text the word CHECKUP to that number, 501-381-5228, for a quick look uh, at your uh, 15-minute retirement checkup. Well, we're offering seven money moves today for Generation Xers specifically, if you're born between the years of 1965 and 1980, and more specifically, if you're in your 40s or moving into your 50s now, and your children maybe are moving out of the house, you're becoming empty nesters, uh, maybe you're even getting finished uh, helping them with college or getting them through college, and now you've got more margin, you're in your highest earnings years, it's time to get serious about retirement if you have not number one on our list of seven money moves last segment was embrace your age. And we weren't talking about complaining about your uh, aches and pains, although that's, <laughs> although what, we do that's, that. that's we a lot of what we do in our generation. <laughs> Quite frankly, that's what we were doing before this show began. Uh, so that is part of embracing your age, but it's a, it's about a, a not increasing your lifestyle and using that margin you have to get serious about retirement. Don't take on new debt. And if you reach age 50, the year you turn it, you've got an opportunity to put more back into your retirement accounts. Uh, and I think about, you know, my kids, when we talk about the, the new debt or the lifestyle or keeping up with the right. Joneses and the Joneses being broke, one kind of nail on the uh, head here for me is, is my kids will see someone who has a big house and years ago they did, they've learned not to now, but they would tell me, say, man, dad, they must be rich. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, that just means they have a big mortgage payment. That's They're, right. We, we don't right. know anything else about them other than they've got a big house, right? Yes. And, and statistically speaking, it just means they aren't putting their money in their retirement, they're putting it into the mortgage. Now, you can do both if you've got a high enough income. There's no question about that. So number two is check your priorities Mm -hmm. uh, and align them with reality. I think this builds off of the first one of embrace your age, but this is talking a little bit more specifically about, we mentioned the kids in college, and one Mm -hmm. of the biggest, uh, biggest sources of expenses can be for Generation X at this time in their life is saving Mm -hmm. for their kids' college tuition at the expense of saving for retirement. So, Scott, you and I are living in this world right now yep. with, with kids in college. Um, and, Teresa, this is not far in your future. Nope. Especially uh, with 32 kids, apparently. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I planned ahead. Mine okay. understand that they're going to have to get a scholarship or join the military. You know, those are the <laughs> well, two options ahead of kids, them. This is how it works. This is how yeah. it works. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, in, in our case... Um, our, my son is he's a freshman in college and I've got a daughter who's in high school and their college paths will look very different she should be done with half of her college by the time she graduates high school he was not but he's got scholarships in place but I'll also say he's in danger of losing those scholarships right now but we have had conversations for years about if you do your best then then mom and dad will bridge the gap between your scholarship and what you know the the what is the true cost for you uh, but if you get down there and can I say fiddle fart on the on the radio? I think you can. Just, you just I think you can. Okay, because yeah. yeah. there we go. If you get down there and fiddle fart around and lose your scholarship, then that's on you, dude. Mm-hmm. It, because and and we have told him, and y'all, I love my son. Don't call DHS. He's eighteen. It won't matter anymore. <laughs> anyway, we've I've looked at him and said, look, you have the right to live under a bridge. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to pay for you to go to college and not get a degree, or I'm not going to pay for for you know replenishing scholarship money that you lost if you now if he does his best and still loses it that's a different story Mm -hmm. but we've been very straightforward about the need to balance look we've we've paid for everything up to this point it's your turn to earn your way whether that is through working or through scholarships because now we're shifting our focus to be more focused on retirement and and most people cannot do both of those Mm -hmm. well and if you have to choose here's the reality and Mm -hmm. and my kids i mean i I've I've relayed to you what sounds like a very harsh uh, conversation, but my son is like, no, I get it. Yes, ma'am, I get it, mm-hmm. and and he's not pushing back about that. But the deal is, 
if you wind up getting to retirement and it's not funded, there are no scholarships or grants or loans to pay your way through retirement. Mm -hmm. If your kid gets to college and it's not paid for, there are scholarships and grants and loans. And here's another newsflash. Not everybody needs to go to college. Like I've got a kid who wants to be an engineer and a kid who wants to be a teacher. Both of those require a piece of paper from a four-year university. If they wanted to do something else, there aren't people who pump gas for a living. But that used to be the thing that I would say. If they Mm -hmm. want to pump gas for a living and that is what they are called to do, I am excited about that and that's awesome and they don't need to go to college and I will celebrate that they are pumping gas for a living if that's what they're called to do but we we've got to get to a point where we're not sacrificing mm-hmm. our own you know situation because you know the kid can can make it without that college degree or with them paying for it you can't you know do that in retirement yeah. and I think sometimes as a parent you have to be real about where your kid is uh, there's a good chance that your kid could graduate and they're not ready for college yet yeah so if yeah. you rush that process and you're paying for years that yep. they're not ready to be there yep. then you're just throwing money into the wind that's in that, right in that case so you're not getting a return on your investment anyway yeah let, so, me, let me point out too that this is not a decision of my kid getting a college education versus me going to Cancun three times a year in retirement right, right? right. This, this is this is because I think people sometimes think about the fun part of retirement. They mm-hmm. don't think about the things they don't want to think about. You have got to make retirement a priority because it is going to require dollars for health care and long-term care potentially. Those types of things need to be planned for. And the we, statistics say that people are likely to retire before they intended to. Exactly. A yeah. lot of people will come and they'll say, oh, I'm just not going to retire until I'm 70. Well, you may not have the option to wait till 70. You may have a health event or your your spouse may have a health event that causes you to retire early. So planning to just work forever is not a plan. I, I remember a, a, a couple came in to talk with us and um, they were not putting enough back for retirement, but we had kind of gone through the numbers and everything. And with some slight adjustments, they were going to be able to fully fund retirement and for them it wasn't a choice of can we pay for the kids college education or not it was truly as simple as if we give up starbucks four or five times a month then you know Mm -hmm. we can we can be on track and so um the the mom kind of threw me under the bus and and intentionally it was very playful she threw me under the bus in front of the kid who was there she's probably about 10 years old or so and she looks at the kid and says honey this lady right here says we can't go to starbucks anymore and i and i looked at the kid and i got down on her level eye to eye and i said sweetheart i have a question for you if you had a choice of you could go to starbucks as many times as you want to um, and when you graduate from college then your mom and dad are going to move in with you or you could stop going to starbucks and when you graduate from college then your mom and dad are going to live at their house and you're going to live at your house. Which one do you want to do? And she looked at her mama and she said, Mama, we don't need to go to Starbucks anymore. I'm done. <laughs> you know, Easy choice. She's it, honest. It was. And, and you know, that's, it's kind of a funny scenario to play out. But seriously, your teenage children are old enough to have the conversation about college. Like, I'm going to wind up moving in with you if I pay for this. Right. And they can make a decision. <laughs> All right, money move number three. Don't be too afraid of risk. And that's not talking about buying a motorcycle and riding crazy without a helmet. This is talking about the investment side, right? Right. So when you are getting up there in age and maybe you have been uh, doing a good job of putting money back as far as contributing, it can be real easy. And we see it time and time Mm -hmm. again in the appointment rooms here at GenWealth to start to get a little risk averse as you get closer to the finish line. And, And that's human nature. You may be getting closer to the retirement red zone but you still have to score. And I think a lot of people don't don't think about the fact that even at retirement, you don't need all of those dollars right away. Right. Right. So not all of them need to be positioned for income. So it's really easy to get tunnel vision and think I can't afford to lose a dollar. But I mean, you think about like in 2020 with COVID and the market dipped, it was short term. But for those that were adding money, that gave you a great little shot in the arm for your savings if yeah. you used it right and added I, I think another thing that, that people don't think about, they think of their 401k as an example, as one account mm-hmm. uh, where when we approach retirement planning, 
if that has transitioned into an IRA, we're looking at this in buckets. Mm -hmm. And it's not like we're pedal to the metal with every dollar that's there with one singular account. We've segmented that based on when you're going to need it. And so some of it is more growth focused, but some of it is also very conservative. And Scott, I feel like people, when they understand that balance, Mm -hmm. that they can accept a degree of growth focus now, knowing that there's also a balance on the other side of that. Yeah, I think about it in terms of time horizon. And I use this with clients oftentimes is if you are 20 years old, most people are pretty growth mindset because they know they're not going to need the money until their retirement age, right? So if you're 20 something years old, you've got 40 years before you're going to use that. Well, even in retirement, Mm -hmm. it is not an all stop. If you Mm -hmm. retire at Mm -hmm. 65, you're, you're taking risk off the table because you can still take a look at part of your assets as being long-term investments, right? Yeah. Because you're not going to need those in the bucketing strategy for like 15 years. Right. Uh, so it has time to work itself out of any short-term volatility. So it needs to be a diverse approach. And if you'd like to find out more uh, about the uh, bucketing strategy, that is part of the Gen Wealth Ready to Retire process. And if you're 10 years or less away from your expected retirement date, this is a perfect time for you to really mm-hmm. take a look at this and get that plan together. The Gen Wealth Ready to Retire process can be entered into by calling toll-free 866-653-PLAN. That's 866-653-7526. You can also reach out with an email. Just send it to info at getreadyforthefuture.com. Anna Olive is our client introductory specialist, and she will call you and get you set up with an advisor near you. Here at GenWealth, we've got offices all over the state of Arkansas. We're in Conway, which is where Teresa is, uh, West Little Rock, which is where we are right now and where I am. And uh, we have a, an office in Bryant, also Hot Springs and El Dorado. We are also in northwest Louisiana and middle Tennessee. So that 800 number will get you in touch with an advisor near you to get you started with the GenWealth Ready to Retire process. And it really is a great time. Again, if you're a Gen Xer and you're 10 years out, right? If you're mm-hmm. 50 years old right now and want to mm-hmm. retire at 60, you're 55 and you want to retire uh, at 65, the investment strategy is very key and you can't be too afraid, too afraid of risk. That is our third money move. We're talking about seven of them today, seven money moves for Gen Xers to get more serious and more focused about retirement and financial independence. When we come back, money move number four is avoid account leakage. I like whoever wrote that. Love, <laughs> love the way the verbiage is on that. Back in a moment. Seven money moves for Gen Xers to make to get serious about their financial independence and their retirement. That's the subject of today's Get Ready for the Future show. We are up to money move number four, and I hope I made you think with the name of it. It's titled Avoid Account <laughs> Leakage. I'm gonna, I, I, there's all kinds of things we could think about there, but we're just going leave to it, leave it there. Uh, but this is really talking about your retirement account through your employer, because mm-hmm. there are a lot of options for you to do things other than leaving it alone right yes. and 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 making it be what it is built to be which is an accumulation vehicle for your retirement it is not a piggy bank and i think that's the key here mm-hmm. for uh, gen xers uh, there's going to be times in life right now when you're 45 to 54 years old where you're going to really be tempted to try to gain access to that yeah let me let me give an example there this happened a few years back there was somebody talking with uh, one of our team members and the the person said uh, that they didn't believe that 401k plans worked and and you know the team members like what in the world the studies would disagree with you yeah yeah <laughs> 401k plans work what do you mean so they said they had been contributing the maximum for 20 years and only had a hundred and fifty thousand dollars in their plan well already we're kind of doing the math in our heads and going that didn't work what, mm-hmm. what is what's the deal so what they didn't say though is that they had taken out some they had had loans and taken withdrawals out of the account over the years well yeah nothing works if you if you defund it mm-hmm. <laughs> there's there's a, uh, there a hot button word uh, in recent past but you know if you defund your retirement whether it's in a 401k or any other type of account it's not going to work for you yeah that's like having a bucket with a bunch of holes in it trying to fill it with water yeah, yeah. and you're just not only are you killing the effect of those investments over time, you're also charging yourself a lot in taxes. Yes. With a 401k, you have a 10% penalty just 
flat out the gate if you take a withdrawal. Mm -hmm. And then you also have increased income, which is going to be taxable to you. And then another thing that we're seeing a lot of is when you talked about people wanting to move jobs regularly, we call them orphaned 401ks. When you leave an employer, you're going to have some options you can take. And uh, sadly, many people are choosing to withdraw that and use it to fund other goals that they have instead of transferring it or using one of the other options to keep it invested. So let's talk a little bit more detail about what happens when you cash money out. And it could be like you've left your employer and, mm-hmm. and you're cashing it out. Um, and, and a lot of people don't realize that you're if you have a loan in place and mm-hmm. then you separate from service, whether it's your choice or theirs, does not matter. If you separate from service, then whatever is left on that balance counts then as a distribution and and, and the IRS is going to look at it and go, you're not 59 and a half yet, so that's taxable. And not only is it taxable, but you also have a 10% penalty on it. And by that point, if you've taken that money as a loan, the money that you took out is gone. And you're up a creek at this point needing to pay the IRS. We see a lot of people get in trouble with that. So, Teresa, talk a little bit about, you know, if if somebody withdrew Mm $100,000, what does that math potentially look like for them? So with a $100,000 withdrawal, you've got that 10% penalty, which means right right out of the gate, you owe $10,000 to the government. That is huge. So you think about $10,000 flat. Oh, and by the way, you also have $100,000 worth of additional income. So your income is taxed at a higher rate at this point, too. Mm -hmm. So you're paying taxes on top of taxes there. And I actually have a client who had a loan on their 401k. Their employer changed providers. And at the time, they didn't decide to roll it over because they didn't fill out the paperwork fast enough. So now they have a loan they can't pay off Mm -hmm. except manually by sending checks. And they can't even transfer it. Because they still work for the same employer. Right. So they're trapped in a, and it has like a 6% interest rate on it. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. that is another caveat to those loans that people don't think about. The the devil's in the details for sure. And uh, this, you know, not only are you dealing with taxes and everything now, but when you think about the compounded future growth Mm -hmm. of that, Mm -hmm. it's it's incredible. Uh, You know, $100,000 $100,000 sounds like a lot to take out, but you wouldn't believe how many times yeah. Gen Wealth Advisors have that conversation in a year's time. But let's make it a lesser amount. Let's make it $30,000. You know, the impact long term for you is very significant because if you're looking at the growth on that, let's say that somebody is uh, is 45 years old and they've got another 20 years to retirement, well, if you're if you're looking at a, a even as conservative as you know a three percent that's going to double every twenty four years. Well, mm-hmm. hopefully you're making more than three percent in your four hundred one k. You know we've seen in the past year anywhere from ten to twenty percent, depending on exactly when you're looking at that. So ten percent is going to double every seven point two years. Mm-hmm. So basically they've got right at three doubling periods. So that thirty thousand would double one time to sixty and another time. To to 120 mm-hmm. and another time 240,000 that $30,000 decision is basically a quarter of a million dollar decision that you're making not counting the impact on taxes and everything else it's a big deal yes because people don't realize while those funds are on loan they're not invested for you so you're not yeah. they people will say well I'm just I'm paying myself back sort of but your your funds aren't being utilized for investments, so they can't grow during that period. Yeah, this is about making a smart decision. Yeah. Bottom mm-hmm. line there, yeah. and you know, and the why too, because some people take a four hundred one k loan or withdraw to go on a vacation. Well, certainly that's mm-hmm. that's ridiculous. But you may be thinking, hey, you want you may have an emergency, right? What if an emergency comes up? So I think about this as a great opportunity yeah. to remind people about having an emergency fund. Yes. Yeah, I would agree. You don't need to take a 401k loan or a 401k withdrawal because you have to replace the roof on your house or an AC mm-hmm. unit goes out. You got to have some cash on hand that's after-tax money that you can have access to. You, you know, we talked earlier in the show about checking your priorities. Yep. I, I mm-hmm. think that that emergency fund has to be one. And frankly, you need what we would call a sinking fund mm-hmm. for repairs. I, it, we talked about this, I think, on the last show, Scott, that the, you know it used to be that your roof was made to last as long as your mortgage. Um, such is not the case anymore. Yeah. And so if you are in a situation where you're going to have to replace that roof without a, uh, a hailstorm that you know, you're going to 
to get a check from the insurance company. If you have to replace it independently, that is a significant outpouring of cash that you're going to have to come up with. And if you don't have a sinking fund in place for things like that, mm-hmm. it's going to bite you at some point. Mm-hmm. So real quick, before we move to money move number five, we do want to kind of point out the options you do have. You were talking about the orphan 401k, mm-hmm. Teresa. So we don't like cashing it out under any circumstances, really, but there are other options. Yes. So that's one of the four, obviously. Um, One of them is you can leave it at the old employer if you want to. If they've got some great investment options and you can manage it yourself, that's something you can do. If you have a new employer that can accept those funds, you can roll them over to that new employer and just add it to that plan. Or you can move it to an IRA where it can be managed by a financial advisor who's helping you. It does open up a lot of investment options to you when you do that, but there's always a trade-off for those. So it's important to discuss that with your financial advisor to decide what's best for you. And all of those options other than cashing it out are non-taxable events, Correct. right? You pick it up from one and move it to the other. Uh, and if you'd like to discuss that, uh, among other things in your financial plan, don't forget about that uh, toll-free number to reach a Gen Wealth Advisor, 866-653-PLAN. It's 866-653-7526. Money move number five for Gen Xers to get serious about retirement. Don't over-rely on Social Security. And I think this is probably something that most of us don't have too much problem doing because I think that's, as far as what I get and feedback in, mm-hmm. in the meeting rooms, most people are not planning to over-rely on Social Security in theory. Now, that doesn't mean they've, got, they've done the right. things that they need to do. I was going to say in theory, but not an application based on the research yes, we're right. seeing. Exactly. Their <laughs> attitude towards Social Security is to mm-hmm. not over-rely on it. But let's go through some of the numbers. I mean, obviously, we've talked about this before. Before the pandemic hit, the Social Security Trust Fund was projected to be depleted by 2035. I think they've ratcheted that up a year or two now mm-hmm, in the last mm-hmm. in the last report I saw. So what does that mean? Well, that basically means if nothing is changed, no legislation to change the way Social Social Security tax may could be increased. The ages, you know, they could they could change all the dynamics with Social Security payments, but if they don't. And we reach that date of either t- somewhere between 2033 and 2035, there will not be enough money in the trust fund to pay the retirees' checks. However, that does not mean Social Security goes away, right? They, mm-hmm. They've basically estimated that if nothing changes, there would still be enough money to pay out about 78% of benefits. So you'd see a reduction. Yeah. But there would still be Social Security, and unless they abolish it, which I don't think there's any politician in the world that has the appetite for that, Social Security must continue. So let's put some numbers to this. Uh, 75% is easier math than Mm -hmm. 78%. So just for some round numbers, if you have a $2,000 benefit, it's not that all $2,000 is going to go away. It would be just north of fifteen hundred dollars a month that mm-hmm. you would still be receiving, and obviously, if if you've got spouses that were four thousand combined, then you're still talking about getting just north of three thousand dollars a month still coming in. So again, not the complete you know depletion of your check; it's a depletion of the reserves that were bridging the gap in that amount that you receive each month. And I think it's important to note the way that it's paid for those that don't, because when they hear that, they might be like, "Okay, sure." Mm-hmm. Um, when we're working this month and paying our social security taxes, those are actually distributed in next month's checks. So it's not like that reserve fund purely runs that. As you mentioned, it is a supplement. Right. So as long as there's a workforce, then there is pe- there are people paying in to pay next month's benefits. So that workforce does affect how much is available for next month's benefits too, which is why we saw where it was 2035 and it dropped back because of COVID and people not working and paying those taxes. Now, I think it's important to point out that our uh, view at GenWealth is, is that it's something will be done. Mm-hmm. Legislation will be enacted sometime <laughs> around December of 2033. Right? Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. going to be at the last hour. We mm-hmm. know that. They're kicking the can, but they small little changes, a little increase in taxes, yeah. increase in full retirement age can make a huge difference. And I think it's wise to still plan on a full benefit in your retirement if you're a Gen Xer. However, now let's get into the other part of that. A full benefit's not going to cover all of your retirement costs. And it was never intended to. No. Never I think that's a misnomer. People yeah. expect Social Security to replace their check. It was never intended to replace, I mean, even at the lowest level, more than about 50% of what you made when in your working years. Yeah, and, and it's been uh, in the news recently that there's going to be a big COLA, right? A cost of living adjustment right. that's going to be the biggest mm-hmm. in, I think, 40 years of well over 5%. And that's great news. But when you couple that with the fact that that, uh, raise in your retirement check for current retirees 
is based on the CPI, which is the Consumer Price Index, which includes a lot of goods that retirees purchase. It doesn't cover all their retirement It doesn't costs. include food or fuel. Those right? are kind of important. Yeah, and, and also <laughs> you've got health care costs yeah, to deal yeah, with yeah. in there as well. And, and you, we did just find out Medicare uh, uh, premiums are right. going to go up pretty significantly as, as they well. often do. Yes. When, I mean, let's be real. When they give those cost of living adjustments, Medicare premiums almost always go up too. That's yeah. right. That's We've right. got to hit a break here, but so we're kind of in the middle of our social security thoughts. So let's hit pause on money move number five and be back and finish that up as the Get Ready for the Future show continues. Scott Inman, along with Janet Walker and Teresa Arago, as we wrap up today's Get Ready for the Future show with seven money moves. That's the topic today. Seven money moves for Gen Xers specifically to get serious or more serious about retirement and financial independence. And our fifth money move that we stepped away from when we took the break was don't over rely on Social Security. We were talking about Social Security payments getting a cost of living adjustment of just shy of six percent uh, in next year. So I think it's five point nine percent. Those checks are going to go up, and that's great news for retirees. But when you consider what else is eroded from their buying power with inflation itself, with health care costs that are going up a little bit higher, likely than five point nine. Listen to this: uh, according to a study by the Senior Citizens League, over the past twenty one years, Social Security benefits have increased fifty five percent. But the typical senior expenses over that same period grew by 101.7%. So it's not keeping up. And that includes things like prescription drugs, which is not a part of the CPI. That jumped 272%. Medicare premiums, homeowners insurance. And those things are not calculated in the CPI, which is used to calculate the Social Security cost of living adjustment. So Social Security is not going to keep up. Right. And it's not even going to start in the spot that you wanted, to your point, Teresa, about mm-hmm. it wasn't intended to be. Yeah, you look at the average Arkansan makes about $46,000 pre-tax per year. But when you look at their Social Security benefit for that wage level, it's actually 52.17% decrease at basically 1400 a month. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you're expecting that to replace your income, you're starting out with the wrong idea in mind there because it's not going to. It, we need to look at this and, and we'll go back to remember this is a show about Gen Xers and, mm-hmm. you know, for the baby boomers. Um, this was was really good, and I think mm-hmm. it will continue to be good. You know, even if we get to a point where it, it their benefits are reduced for the majority of that generation, Social Security will have been an excellent thing. I, I will never forget my grandfather telling me, "You know, honey, when you get you a job and you get you a chance to to be paying into Social Security, you be sure that you do that." Like I was going to have a <laughs> like choice, choice. <laughs> you know. But 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 I remember him saying that because he was retired, and I mean, he was born in 1913, so he was on the yeah. early end of social security and and really got a a good benefit relative to what he put into it Mm -hmm. and he lived a long time and was really able to capitalize on that but as i look at it for us as gen xers it definitely needs to be the approach of this is icing on the cake Mm -hmm. i gotta make the cake and if i have icing on it great and if i don't okay fine now to be clear we do believe that it will be there Mm -hmm. it may not be there in the form that you know in the amount that you were expecting if washington doesn't fix it but we do really think that at the last minute they'll fix it because they as as scott mentioned earlier they want to get reelected um but the responsibility is upon you to make the cake and let this just be icing see i think about it as it's the flour yeah, it's, it's yeah. the basic ingredient mm-hmm. that's not got much taste. Uh-huh, <laughs> uh-huh. If you want the it's egg there. and the sugar, and it's all not that, exciting. That's right. That's right. You, you, you better get add busy. The other stuff. Yeah. That's all right. Absolutely right. Money move number six is maximize workplace benefits. Now we talked about the catch-up contribution, but let's talk about people who aren't even taking advantage of all the money that the employer is willing yeah. to chip in here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, if you're looking at a job opportunity and they don't offer a retirement plan, I would encourage you to keep looking at other opportunities because Mm -hmm. there are lots of businesses out there that are hiring Mm -hmm. and this is just such a critical part of your future. And as an employer, I'll tell you that one of the ways that we express our value and gratitude for what our team does here at GenWealth is with a match on the contributions that they're putting into their plan. And if you're not somewhere that appreciates you enough to give you some degree of a match, then look elsewhere because, again, it can make a tremendous difference for you on your future retirement. I have a client who 
changed jobs and realized the employer did not have a plan. And he reached out to me and we went and did a plan. They, they yeah. were a small business. Yeah. They didn't realize that there are options out there that are cost effective for you. And there are. So we went and educated the owner and now they do have a plan in place. So if you love where you're working, talk to your boss and say, hey, have you guys ever looked into this and have our team come talk to them? We can educate them. Uh, let's get back to what that match can look like. Most of them are 50 cents on the dollar match. Mm-hmm. So if you put in 6% of your income, they're going to match that 50 cents on the dollar. So they're going to match it with another 3% from the employer. So let's think about this from the consumer's perspective perspective for just a moment. Before any of your money is invested at all, you've already gotten a 50% increase on the dollars in your account. So don't tell me if 401k doesn't work because, mm-hmm. that, I mean, this is this is working all day every day to get that instant return. And even if the market loses its mind, okay, we have another 2008, where are you in your dollars? Mm-hmm. You know, relative to what you put in there, you're probably still ahead of the game because yeah. the employer's match is absorbing that downturn. Yeah. And even if you're not, you're adding money, which means that as yeah. the market recovers, you'll right. have more shares. You've got to focus on what matters. You know, my house value doesn't matter till I'm ready to sell it. That's exactly right. So your 401k is very similar. Yeah. And we look at the research and we see how many people aren't even getting the match. Mm-hmm. Let's be real. If I walked up to you today and I said, hey, if you've got $20 and you'll let me borrow it for a little while, I'll pay you back double. You'd find $20. Yes. If you know me and you, because I'm the kind of person that if I say it, I'm going to do it. But many people will know that their employer has a match and just say, well, you know, I, I can't afford to put into it. Well, and this isn't even borrowing it. it let's let's change that a little bit. Yeah. Hey, we're going to have a bucket over here with your name on it, and it's going to say Teresa's 401k. You put 20 bucks in, and I'll put 20 bucks in. But remember, that's yours. Yeah, you just I can't mean, access it for a little while. Yeah. I would yeah. absolutely do it. Yeah. All right, money move number seven, as we wrap up the Get Ready for the Future show for Gen Xers, is work with a trusted advisor. And that's, mm-hmm. the, that's the key one here at the end, because when you think about – uh, Generation X, you know, we we know what we don't know. Let's be honest. I mean, yeah. I, I know that I don't know how to uh, fix my car when it won't start, right? Mm-hmm. I've got a guy on speed dial, right? I, I know yeah. I'm calling Everett, right? I'm calling I Everett. A guy. I, I got, got a guy. guy. <laughs> you got a guy for everything. So doesn't it make sense to have a guy or a gal? Yeah. Thank you. It's okay. <laughs> for uh, your retirement, for your financial mm-hmm. independence. And not even necessarily retirement, but, you know, if you're on my end of the spectrum where you're not quite in that retirement red zone, are you just throwing money at something and hoping it works out? Or do you want to have a plan that yeah. you know what the end result's going to be and you know what you need to do so that if you need to make some changes, you've got plenty of time to do it. That was important for me was that I, I didn't get started till I was 35 because I didn't join the Jimbo team until then and didn't know about all these great tools at my disposal. So for me, it's really important that I understand the end game. So I know what changes I need to make now before I'm in like that got to get in the left lane lay the hammer down just to hope i can make it you know you talk about the importance to you to understand the end game i think it's also important to be understood yes and and that's one of the things that a trusted advisor should bring to the table for you um we frankly we do this is not a, a skill set that we advertise but we do a whole lot of marriage counseling yeah. <laughs> you know, yes. because because we have two very individual people who come in and they are mr and mrs but only because they're wearing wedding ring not Mm -hmm. because they've talked about their future retirement and gotten on the same page on that or about debt or whatever it is really a critical element of that trusted advisor relationship for them to be able to see things really from both different Mm -hmm. perspectives and help you meet somewhere in the middle um we we do a lot of that in the planning that we do and and i I believe it's critical for you to be in a relationship with an advisor where they're not just looking at you and your spouse as a dollar amount on a page, but as people uh, whose opinions and thoughts and fears and concerns all matter. And Mm -hmm. we it's our job to help you address those. And with all the different things pulling at you. Because yeah. at this point in your life, yeah. you, that sandwich generation, you've got so many different things pulling on you. Sometimes it's hard to know where to start and what to focus on. And that's part of that planning process, too, is determining what steps for today and then what's next. Yeah. If you're the median Gen Xer and you've just got $40,000 in the 401k, or if you're the average Gen Xer and you've got the 115000 according to Vanguard, or if you've done a really good job of accumulating, but you're now inside of that retirement red zone or you're creeping up really close to it. And you're 10 years away from hoping to retire. Well, hope is not a plan. 
Mm-hmm. And that's the point we're trying to make here at the end of the show is, is working with a trusted advisor, especially one at GenWealth where financial planning is the focus first and the investments come next. Planning, getting a written plan on paper on purpose can give you a clearer vision of your retirement and your financial independence. You hear the the, the final bell there. <laughs> you timed getting, it well. I'm getting pretty good. John does that really yeah. good. I mean, he, he says his last word. And then and ding, ding, ding. Pauses and the bell rings. I didn't quite get to the last <laughs> word. But it is time for our final thoughts. Teresa, we'll start with you. I think the only way to get to the destination you want for yourself and for your family is to get started and to have a clear picture of where you want to go. You've got to get that momentum, but you can't get the momentum if you don't get started. So whatever that next step is, start there. If you're not contributing to your employer plan to get that match, start there. But you got to get a little higher than that, too. And if you need some help, that's where we come in and help. Remember that all of us on the show today are Gen Xers, so I'm just going to recap the money moves for our group of people as Gen Xers. So the first one was to embrace your age. The second one is to check your priorities and align them with reality. Don't be afraid of risk. Avoid account leakage. Don't over-rely on Social Security. Maximize your workplace benefits and work with a trusted advisor. Hmm. All right, so my final thought, I'm going to have two here for you, a way to reach out to a GenWealth advisor. You've heard a lot today, uh, and hopefully something has struck a chord. And if you'd like to find out more, a reminder that our first sit-down, our first appointment with a GenWealth advisor is always complimentary. It is just a discussion, and we can see where we go from there. If you'd like to start that discussion, a phone call will do it to 866-653-PLAN or an email, info at getreadyforthefuture.com. And if you just like to kind of have a bird's eye view, a general view of are you on track for a successful retirement, you can do it really quickly. You can find out for free by going to 15minuteretirement.com. That's one five and then spell out minuteretirement.com or text the word checkup to 501-381-5228. One more time on that number, 501 381 Hope you've enjoyed seven money moves that Gen Xers can make to get a clearer focus on retirement. We'll see you again next week. Thank you for listening to the Get Ready for the Future show. If you enjoy hearing from the Gen Wealth team every week, make sure and subscribe to the podcast. And you can always find us on social media. Search for Gen Wealth Financial Advisors on Facebook or on Twitter at Gen Wealth FA. The Gen Wealth Financial team is available to you 24 7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or call our offices at 866 653 PLAN. That's 866-653-7526. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment, and no strategy can assure success. GenWealth Financial Advisors is an Arkansas-registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC.